0: It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the box—the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gesman, LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gesman, coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. That's right, a hotel. Uh, by the way, a hotel that once filmed some scenes from The Hunger Games. I've learned random thing, uh, but coming from a hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, as uh, I'm traveling for real work and uh, and fresh off of the LA galaxies, uh one-one draw with the, with Toronto FC. Um, A game that is certainly a preseason game and the final score should mean absolutely nothing, but a game that certainly uh, highlighted some things for the LA Galaxy, whether that was the need for their certain uh, offense and certain strikers, and we'll get into that, or whether that was a a good showing by the defense and perhaps a, a notable improvement already from the 2018 uh, LA Galaxy and and sort of what they were trying to do there. Uh, We're going to go over that game here uh, rather briefly. We won't spend a whole bunch of time on it. And then obviously I want to get you updated on all the other LA Galaxy news that's out there and get you ready for the game this week uh, that's coming up on Saturday. Uh, And that also coincides, I should say, with our live show. So make sure that you're, uh, you're not missing that. Taps and Tustin is the place for that live show on February 16th at noon. Uh, all ages are welcome. If it rains, we have a place inside, so don't let the weather uh, keep you away, all right? We got a, a good show lined up for you. We have some special guests. And on Thursday's live show, we're still doing a live show on Thursday. I should be back in the studio for that one. Uh, on Thursday's live show, we'll have more information on exactly uh, who it, who might be showing up, uh, who will be showing up, and how all that stuff will go. Uh, but we'll be getting you ready for sure for that uh, preseason game against the Vancouver Whitecaps, which is at 5 p.m. Uh, again We kick off at noon for our live show, uh, and then at 5 p.m., the LA Galaxy will take on the Vancouver Whitecaps at OC Great Park. That game was open to season ticket members only. I think they gave away a whole bunch of uh, tickets as well, but it was open to season ticket members only, um, and then it was also uh, uh, if you were a season ticket member, you had to also RSVP for those tickets in order to get it. I think the total venue there holds about 5,000 people, so not everybody can get tickets. Not everybody can go. So hopefully you had your tickets. If not, then you're Definitely free to come down and see our live show on February 16th at noon. All right, let's get to the game. The game on uh, Saturday night, cold and damp. Uh, A little bit of rain, I think, after the game. A little bit of rain before the game. Uh, But I don't think it rained during the game, or at least it didn't up in the press box. And usually we can tell whenever it rains. Um, But uh, nothing really there. Uh, The LA Galaxy draw Toronto FC uh, one-to-one. The goals here, uh, completely unflattering scoreline when you look at it. Uh, You had two own goals. You had the own goal from Tariq Mohamed in the 55th minute, which Rolf Felcher claims credit for. And you had the Dave Romney own goal in the 87th minute, uh, which Toronto got Toronto even and on the board there. Um, So... For the most part, when you look at uh, at the game, dismiss the scoreline. I know that there were some people who were even claiming that uh, the galaxy somehow blew it in the 87th minute. And you have to remember that was after some mass substitutions and a whole bunch of other stuff. So the first team went anywhere between about 60 and 70 minutes, maybe a little bit longer, 75 minutes. Uh, but most guys, outside of David Bingham, who you would expected to go 90 minutes, and and uh, Chris Pontius, who you didn't expect to go 90 minutes, but understanding who was missing for this game, um, you know that sort of makes some sense. But Chris Chris Pontius also went 90 minutes in this game. But most guys got some significant minutes, uh, were able to do, you know, really show what their fitness was. And I'll have to say the LA Galaxy's fitness looks great at this point. Javier Valdecantos can take uh, take credit for that. But the first big thing was really who was missing from this lineup. And the the normal... People who we expected, uh, Sebastian Legette, who had to uh, who had to come out of a, a, a preseason intra-squad scrimmage at one point, or actually in I think that was in the uh, in the game against Bristol Kobe. So actually an unofficial scrimmage. You know, I think they went uh, thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes, thirty minutes. So four thirties. Uh, Sebastian Lejet came out of that with a right leg strain. We knew about that. Guillermo Baricharacho basically said that it, you know, would be about ten days after uh, lejet went down before he would be back. So he's taking it easy. And then you had Giovanni dos Santos and his in his muscle injury, that of which we only know is a muscle injury and not the extent of. But people keep telling us that's not serious, so we'll continue down that line. And then you had uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who was out precautionary wise. That was just a precaution. Uh, I'll get a little bit into that. And then Ola Kamara missed with a fever. Now, speaking to people who've certainly been covering the team in the preseason and talking about it, uh, Javier Valdecantos is a very, very important person to this team, and especially in this preseason. And we'll see how he ends up being and how important he ends up being in the regular season. But Javier Valdecantos basically has a carte blanche, up or down vote for Guillermo Barras in terms of who's playing, who's going to show up, who's training, who needs to train more? All those things are at the complete discretion of Javier Valdicantos, especially here in this preseason. And the reasons Zlatan Ibrahimovic didn't play was Zlatan said he was a little bit sore. Um, he said that uh, you know maybe he wasn't he wasn't 100 percent. And Valdicantos said, "Great, then you you don't have to play." Um, that's sort of how we imagined that it went down, as you've seen. If you saw where H- Javier Valdecantos sits on the bench, um, that's an interesting part as well. He sits, you know, basically where the head coach would normally sit. Granted, Guillermo Berescoloto is up, uh, usually standing on the sidelines whenever it goes, but usually it was Javier Valdecantos. It was Gustavo uh the evil twin, as we call him, um, although he, I don't think he's evil. Uh, so you had uh, Gustavo there, then you had Dominic Kinnear, um, and then... I think you had the goalkeeper coach and everybody else who was down there um, at the end. So that was sort of how how the bench sat. But it was Javier Valdecantos who got to sit at the very front of this uh, this particular seating chart. Um, Or at least that's our early impressions of how it's going to go. So you had uh, Javier Valdecantos sitting up there, really, you know, sort of making things. Now with Ola Kamara, he had a fever. Um, So Guillermo said afterwards that he wanted to make sure he just stayed home and rested. There was no point in him coming in for a preseason game. And it's the same thing with with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan's fitness, Zlatan's health is important in that it needs to stay healthy and that he needs to stay okay. Uh, Having Zlatan Ibrahimovic for any preseason game or playing in any preseason game is just a bonus and it's not a necessity. Uh, You would like for him to be in there, but quite honestly, returning a whole bunch of players, and Chris Pontius even said this afterwards, the fact that there's not a huge amount of turnover, the fact that this team basically knows who is next to them and how that person plays for the most part, Uh, outside of the few additions Uh, all those things sort of fall into this category of um, that's going to help them and so the fact that everybody knows how Zlatan plays and and that goes yeah you'd love to have him in a preseason game so you can really work on fine-tuning things but if there's any doubt in your mind that whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic is okay or if he's just sore or you just want to give him an extra day of rest then by all means you don't play Zlatan Ibrahimovic it's it's you know it's one of those things yes you'd like to see him it's not important so seeing him not on the team there Not surprising at all. Um, So it's one of those things. Just continue to understand what they're trying to do with Zlatan and to make sure they really want him to be ready whenever the season starts and the preseason doesn't matter much. On any of that um, you know Giovanni dos Santos remains a question mark and, and certainly we, we can talk a little bit more about the news um, or the maybe even the fake news that's surrounding him um, but you know it, it's one of those things that you didn't expect him you didn't expect legit legit to play I didn't expect Ralph Felcher to play but Felcher was healthy enough to start and uh, played some significant minutes so already Felcher has returned and and done a pretty good job so uh, what you had in terms of lineup for the LA Galaxy, uh, you had David Bingham, Rolf Felcher at right back. So David Bingham at goalie, Rolf Felcher at right back. You had Diego Polenta at a center back. To his right was Daniel Steris at center back. Jorgen Shelvick was out on the left. Uh, Roman Alessandrini on the right of midfield. Jonathan Del Santos in the center paired with Servando Carrasco. Maybe a little bit sur- surprising, but Carrasco in there playing Uh, for 45 minutes, Perry Kitchen playing for 45 minutes as well. Uh, You had Uriel Antuna, uh, the 21-year-old Loni from Manchester City, uh, who played on the left side of the midfield. Then you had Emil Cuello and you had Chris Pontius uh, filling in for Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So let's get talking about who really impressed us in this game. And and for me... um, my number one guy who really impressed is going to be Uriel Antuna and we certainly can get to him and and Roman Alessandrini also impressed although while you expect it from Roman it's still something that you shouldn't discount Um, but let's go down some of the list Uh, Mil Cuello was was good the 22 year old 19th overall pick from Southern Methodist University by the LA Galaxy this was a kid by the way who most of the people out there um, whenever they ranked the LA Galaxy's drafts, said that the Galaxy overreached in picking him where he was Uh, this kid is uh, I think originally from Utah, uh, but has a, is a huge follower of Boca Juniors. Knows who obviously who Guillermo Barros is, and uh, and how lucky he is to be playing for him, and, and understand he's a Boca legend uh, as a player, and and then also as a former coach. So all those things sort of play into the this myth that's building around uh, a milk who I think did pretty good. He was nervous to start this game. You could tell he had some bad touches. uh, He had some giveaways. And as a striker, you're allowed to do that. Um, Sitting underneath Chris Pontius was really where he was supposed to be playing there. And he did a pretty good job of that. Um, But I'll tell you, the kid has confidence and that's something that you're not, Usually see out of the the college kids coming in. Uh, he talked after the game, and Larry Morgan did a great uh, follow up piece for the uh, for Corner of the Galaxy here, where you can go read all of the quotes from uh, Mil Cuello, But basically, he was saying how he was uh, he was loving every minute of it. That you know, getting this sort of you know galaxy debut. It's it's an unofficial because it's not a real real game. But you know, seeing Quayo come in and, and get this unofficial. Uh, debut was, was important for him and, and he really enjoyed it and he talked about how he talked to Juninho and Juninho gave him a whole bunch of advice basically saying hey you know we they picked you and they want to see you because they trust you, and so you need to go out there and show them what it is. And he goes and enjoy every minute of it, and and Cuellar seems like he is enjoying all of that. So um, you know Emil's real strengths here seems to be his technical technical ability in tight spaces. Um, he was able to pick up uh, you know a bunch of passes and a bunch of balls in, in, in a bunch of different places um, and really turn and and sort of try to find outlets for those. And I'm not saying he was always successful. And again, uh, the bar is so low for strikers sometimes. Uh, being a defender, I think again a little jealous, uh, you know, defenders, that, that's not the life that most people want, because you do good uh, 99 times with that one time the guy gets by you, and you're the worst defender in the world, whereas strikers fail 99 times and get that one, um, and they're the heroes. So, uh, Cuello did okay. Uh, I think that he showed his real technical ability. I think he shows his feet and his quickness. I'm not going to say he's a fast guy. I don't know that that's the case. Um, but he has the ability to, to sort of combine. Um, him drifting to the left-hand side was good because he was able to, to pair a little bit with Antuna coming up on the left-hand side. Uh, and Roman Alessandrini also made some appearances there, but I think for Cuellu, um what you see from him is, is a good first step. You hope that he can find minutes in a very busy uh, midfield and very busy busy striking core um, of guys you know are sort of the first team, uh, but if there are any injuries, you know Cueyo needs to be one of those guys. U- ultimately, in this game, what really was missing was Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimović and you can say no duh Um, but the offense sputtered because of it Uh, Chris Pontius isn't you know the the same player as Latani Ibrahimovic. I know it's 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 amazing. I can't believe Josh went out on the limb and said that. Uh, I think Chris Pontius would tell you the same thing. Uh, it's really about you know the ability to create these chances. And, and right now, and as as we saw slash heard slash saw reported from you know the LA Galaxy in that closed door scrimmage they had with uh, Vissel Kobe, is that those two were on the same page. And so what you had was Cujo and Pontius who weren't on the same page. Um, and then you didn't have the same skill set of Kamara and Ibrahimovic. So, I mean, none of that should be, oh, you know, earth shattering news. It's just that if you look at the depth at striker right now, what you're left with is Chris Pontius and Emil Cueo um, with some other guys. You might be able to put Efrain Alvarez in there who got some time in that second half. That's fine. But the Galaxy are short on backup strikers. So if you have Ola Kamara out, if you have Zlatan Ibrahimović out, if they're both out at the same time, there is going to be a drop off in terms of what that that means. I think Chris Pontius is great. Um, I really like him as a player. I think that he brings a veteran presence and an understanding of what needs to get done in the league, and and quite honestly, a hard-headedness that just, you know, he doesn't take no for an answer. He's going to go and and try to score, and that's just what he's going to do. You know, I think Cueo showed some good technical skills, um, but nothing that showed me that he can create his own shot or do anything, which, by the way, um, for his first quote-unquote professional game, I don't know that you can expect it. I I don't wanna put a harsh bar on him, but I also don't I also wanna soothe sorta quench the the heat that is on him right now where people really thought he was he was a good player. I thought he struggled at times just to maintain control. Um, and while he has that technical ability, you don't always want to rely on that. But I think he has good instincts and so all these things are pointing towards him being a valuable asset for the LA Galaxy and, and a good thing that they went and picked um, him in that uh, first round even though everybody sort of panned that pick as saying no, that doesn't work. Quayo uh, seems like a guy who can play at the speed that Major League Soccer is going to demand. Um, whether or not he can play in the physical physicality that the the league is going to demand is, is something completely different so that's that's a different thing you're gonna have to watch and sort of see how he plays but as a backup as a kid coming out of college as somebody who can probably help this team out it seems like he he might be able to do it now that might mean that the la galaxy signed him to a galaxy 2 contract instead of a la galaxy contract or it means they sign him as an la galaxy contract and they loan him down to la galaxy 2 to get him game time and get him game minutes uh, he's not an overall starter but but quail was good um, and I think, you know, the, the level of that good, how, how good he could be, is up there. I think with his technical skills, he could be a very dangerous attacking player, having seen him play for uh, however many minutes he finally ended up having. It wasn't like he, he played 90 minutes, but um, he, he played well. Um, and I think uh, for Cuello, who played 65 minutes, basically, uh, Efrain Alvarez came in and replaced him in the 65th. Um, for for Cuello, it was exactly what he needed to do. It, it, we've been told that Guillermo Berescoloto is going to keep Cuello. We don't know where, um, but he seems like he's likely to make this squad or the LA Galaxy 2 squad. And that means that he'll be available for you know, the LA Galaxy really to use whenever they need him to be. Uh, the other guy who I've already mentioned, Roman Alessandrini had to be the playmaker in this whole thing. Um, you know, if you're going to talk about the good guys, great. If you're going to talk about the guys who are okay, I would say that Jonathan Dos Santos was okay in this game. Um, but between Roman Alessandrini and Jonathan Dos Santos, and Dos Santos had the armband on for this particular game as well. Uh, between Roman Alessandrini and Jonathan Dos Santos, you needed more from both of them on the playmaking side whenever you didn't have Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimović. Um, I thought... Roman Alessandrini tried to take a hold of that playmaker role maybe a little bit more than Jonathan Dos Santos. And maybe you don't want Jonathan trying to make that. But with Legette and Dos Santos there, they do a pretty good job of playing off of each other and, and sort of figuring out who's going to stay up and who's going to go back. And And I think that, you know, Carrasco and, and Jonathan Dos Santos did fine with Carrasco staying back a little bit more. Um, I didn't have any problems with Carrasco. I know there were some people who were saying that, you know, it was sort of a, a worthless game for him. I, I thought that he played fine. Uh, there were some giveaways. There was some sloppiness in this game, as you'd expect in a preseason game. But for Ramon Alessandrini, his job was really the playmaker on this. And, and I think he needed to do a better job in terms of that. He got, you know, most of the quote unquote shots. Um, but you know nothing that was super dangerous in terms of uh, you know really challenging the goalkeeper or anything like that. And and for Roman he came in on that right side. He was cutting inside because there was a big hole in the center of the park where there should have been you know an attacking sort of playmaker, or a guy. Whereas Lathan Ibrahimovic likes to sit underneath there wasn't that there wasn't Zlatan sitting there underneath. So Ramon did what he needed to do in terms of filling that hole, which left a hole on the right-hand side with, with Rolf Felcher, who I thought had a good game, did a good job of moving up the right-hand side and taking up that space. Um, But I also like Ramon coming all the way over and being able to combine with uh, Oriel and Tuna and Antuna for me, I have two guys who, who really impressed for me. Um, I love seeing Antuna Uh, quick, fast uh, technical ability, uh, good passing, uh, smart runs, cutting inside, being able to run down the line the outside. He, he has the speed to be able to open up space. I thought he played really well. Um, and then Diego Polenta, who we can talk about here in a little bit, but, uh, I thought that Ramon coming all the way across and then combining with Antuna is where the Galaxy got some of their most dangerous chances and overloading that right hand side of Toronto. Um, Antuna was able to stretch that side as well, and you know who really helped there and who also had a good game is Jorgen Shelvik. Schelvig on the left back side, playing at left back, a position we told you he has played before. Apparently has played three or four uh, different seasons in, in Norway at left back. Um, this is a guy who who was is obviously under the gun in terms of how much money he's making, and now he's the I, I'll tell you right now he's the starting left back for the LA Galaxy. Um, you know, you're going to have Polenta in the center paired with either Dan Starris, who we're going to talk about here in a little bit, or Dave Romney. Um, those are probably the guys that you put in in terms of the center back and, and how that goes. So, I mean, y- you see the lineup that's sort of developing. it's Jorgen Shelvick who is your starting left back and his ability to combine with Antuna, to run past Antuna and open up space, to run inside of Antuna and open up space. That partnership that's developing there, he's a smart player, Shelvick is. Antuna's a smart kid. Between those two... You really have to think that the Galaxy has something on that left-hand side. And by the way, that seems like a starting spot there. We, we'll eventually get into the where does Giovanni Del Santos play. But when you look at this, I mean, Uriel Antuna is... I think, the real deal and will be able to handle Major League Soccer. He might be a little slight of build, but he's he's fast, he's quick. He picks out passes. He knows where to run. He knows how to get in behind people. He knows how to open up space. Um, his runs were, were, for the most part, just as technical as you know. whenever he had the ball, whether he did have the ball or didn't have the ball. So for me, Antuna was a real... Uh, boosts for this LA Galaxy team in terms of what he's able to bring on that left-hand side. He's able to bring a lot of the same characteristics as Ramon Alessandrini without the ability really to cut inside as much as Alessandrini, but to be able to stretch on the left-hand side, which is something Emmanuel Boateng did on that left-hand side. But if, if we're being serious, Antun is a much more technical player than Emmanuel Boateng. So, you know, Boateng right now is, is really sort of that, that mid-level sub that's going to come on in relief of probably Antuna right now unless they move Giovanni Dos Santos over at left wing, which is a question mark. But anyway, Antuna and Shelvick I think paired together really well. You then drop back to Shelvick and Polenta on the back line and and Diego Polenta obviously getting signed on Thursday officially Um, and then being put into this game and playing. uh, I thought Polenta had a wonderful game for his first one. Now it's not perfect. He played 75 minutes by the way, Diego Polenta. This is a guy who was not playing for six months because he was self-imposed hiatus. This was a guy who was playing in a 7v7 league back home in Uruguay uh, before he came. So, you know, he was actually in pretty good shape. He had his own personal trainer uh, that kept him in shape when this all happened. So you have a guy in Diego Polenta who is ready to go, and he brings an intensity, but he also brings this calm confidence um, I said it in uh, my recap for the LA times, you know, the three things that you learned, you look at Diego Polenta and the, just having him there seems to have calmed down this defense, the LA galaxy in the first half. And, and by all the players accounts uh, played in a much lower block. Okay. So when we talk about blocks and, and how they move, uh, we're talking about how the grouped together plays, right? So if you have a more advanced block, that's a that's going forward more. That's a team that moves forward, and whenever you have uh, a lower block, you have a team that is sitting back a little bit. And that's what the Galaxy did for you know most of the first half is they really sat back. They gathered possession, they controlled the game, um, and then they tried to create chances out of that. The thing they were missing was that offense. Um, but the defensive side, they rarely got stretched in that first half. There was a couple times, a couple scrambles, and you're going to have that. But I thought the regrouping was good. I thought the partnership between Diego Polenta and Daniel Steris was really good. I thought the partnership between Rolf Felcher and Daniel Steris was really good. I thought Jorgen and Diego played together very good. I thought that Jorgen and Uriel, you, you can see how this branches out playing defense from the backside you know, playing defense from the very last man all the way to the front man really does affect how this LA galaxy team plays. I mean, Toronto were horrible last year, but they have talent Um you know, looking at w- at sort of where they're at, you you look at this as a preseason game and say, okay, they have some good talent. They also lost five to one to the Las Vegas Lights and Eric Nolde's team, um, you know, last week. So I mean, Toronto can be beaten, and and all those things can happen. But for a preseason game, what you're looking for the Galaxy is how organized they were. You know, how good was the passing? It was okay. Um, it was sloppy. Uh, I think Guillermo Baro even commented that, you know, that needs to get better. It's certainly something that has to get better. But when you look at all these things, you're looking at the LA galaxy and you're saying, okay, they did some really good things. And here were the key sort of guys. And for me, it's Antuna and Polenta. And maybe it's because they're new and you haven't seen it. Uh, Alessandrini would probably be my other, my, my third. He was probably the best player, um, on the field for me, But he was being asked to do a lot, and he didn't accomplish everything. I think Antuna was asked to do a lot less um, and accomplish more with that less. Um, And then Jorgen Shelvick seeing him at left back. That's something we haven't seen. Diego Palenta. I mean, listen, you can go through it. Um, I don't think anybody had a bad showing. I don't think anybody hurt their chances. And that includes in the second team. I think people are saying, oh, Dave Romney knocked in an own goal. That's got to be bad. It doesn't matter. I don't think Guillermo Baro cares about that. And I don't think Dave Romney cares about it. Um, You know, I thought David Bingham played fine. He wasn't asked to do much. And that that ball that redirected off Romney that that got past him, eh, whatever. It is what it is. Those are tough. Anytime a ball gets redirected. Um, I didn't see a whole bunch from Juninho, but he only played for 25 minutes. Um, so all of these things, you look at how it goes. I mean, I, I thought, uh, it, you know, Efrain Alvarez, it was great to see him on the field, but he missed a wide open sitter, basically almost whiffed on it. Um, you know, he's 16. N- nobody's going to bat an eye at that, but that wasn't, that wasn't a great showing for, for Alvarez for me. I think he had some chances to make some things happen and, and it didn't happen. Um, you know, I think Ima Boten came in and tried to immediately run down the field, but he's also playing in a position that's not really his position. Um, Looking at all these, uh, all these different, you know, factors and how it goes, but I think for the galaxy, for a first step, for the first time in front of the fans at Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, to be there on a night where they needed to show that they ha- are at least progressing in their fitness and progressing in the ability to defend because Guillermo barros has put a bunch of emphasis on the ability to, to defend. And that's what they've been spending most of their time on with the offense now and how he wants them to play offense just really coming into things. So having said all of that, I think that the LA Galaxy, the coaching staff, um, has to be very... You know, happy with how the LA Galaxy played and, and, and really the result. The result was fine. Uh, quite honestly, if Zlatan and, and Ola Kamara are there, you probably get two or three goals out of that because they, there were some shots and some chances created from those wings. Rolf Felcher creating chances, Jorgen Shelvick creating chances, Roman Alessandrini, uh, you know, Uriel Antuna, all those guys. Now, you look at that, and there are four guys right there who will all be able to feed the ball onto Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And if not him, then you can use him as a decoy and hit Ola Kamara. I mean, if you're an LA Galaxy fan looking at that, there are four competent players who can all cross the ball. And, and Felcher, coming off of his injury, I didn't expect him to play as long as he did, and he looked very good. Um, and remember, this is a guy who missed most of that last 2018 season because he fell over a ball in training and tore his pectoral muscle. Um, this is a guy who sort of came on at the end and was like, oh, okay, that, that works well. But it's also at a position where the LA Galaxy, and we know this, have no depth. Um, and so I think you're seeing the depth issues that the LA Galaxy still have. They have it at striker. And they have it at defense. Um, that is probably going to be what it is, especially with the rumors surrounding Giovanni Dos Santos and looking likely that he's going to renegotiate his contract down to be a TAM contract at $1.5 million. That's $1.5 million that the LA Galaxy will not have to go out and reinforce that defensive back line. They currently have six defenders on the roster. They probably are going to get two or three more of those defenders, but those guys are going to be you know, glorified LA Galaxy 2 guys. Um, you had... Guys, come in for um, you know in, in that second half. You had you had uh, a Julian Araujo who came in in the 65th minute. Uh, you had Dave Romney who came in. You had uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce who came in. You had Didi, Didi Traore come in. Um, these you know, outside of Dave Romney, who who is a borderline starter for this team, and you know I think is still going to battle out uh, with with Dan Steris and, and somebody and I, uh, I was talking with John Rojas up in the, uh, up in the press box and, and John and I were sort of talking back and forth. It's like, why do you start Dan Steris over Dave Romney? And it's like, listen, this is going to be a test. This seems like it's a test. Um, this seems like this is Dave. This is Dan Steris being put in the spotlight and saying, okay, work with Diego Polenta and make this work. Um, and if you don't, then you know that it's going to be Dave Romney who's right behind him. So, Listen, Polenta's getting the starting job. The left-back role is going to Rolf Felcher, uh, Rolf Felcher, to uh, Jorgen Um, You know, Rolf Felcher is going to play on the right hand. There's one spot left, and it's Daniel Stares, or it's Dave Romney. And that's what Guillermo Berescolota still has to figure out. Um, as far as I'm concerned, anybody else who comes in, uh, Tomás Hilliard Arce, You know, the unsigned Didi Traore, um, which is an LA Galaxy 2 guy, you know, Julian Araujo unsigned, you know, how they're going to fill out the rest of this roster on the defensive side looks to be in the hands of those guys. So that is a problem in terms of the Galaxy's defensive depth. Uh, I would have said that if they had $1.5 million that you could probably get a starter um, and that you could probably get, you know, another backup for what you really needed to do and really sort of cement that that defensive line. But that's this is how it's going to be. This is how, how it's likely. If the Galaxy keep Giovanni Del Santos, if they keep somebody in that TAM spot, they're going to have $1.5 million basically eaten up um, for that reason. Um, and you're not going to be able to, to get around that reason. This is going to be it. So that being said... Uh, Everything that you saw in front of almost almost 11,500 people at uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park uh, for a preseason match, which was kind of cool to see. Um, all that stuff being said, you have to give the LA Galaxy, you know, an, a, a B, B-plus on what they did, and that's fine without... Ola and without Zlatan, there's going to be an offensive drop-off, and, and you saw that. Uh, again, I think in the moments of sort of disorganization from the defense, they did well to reorganize themselves. I like Polenta. I, I think he's going to be great. The guy, is, he's intense. Um, he's compact. He's a guy who will run. It looks like who will run through somebody if they really want. Um, so, you know, that's something to sort of keep an eye on and how he handles the physicality of, uh, of major league soccer. But you had, you know, Laurent Simon on the other side in this preseason game who took out Chris Pontius, eventually getting a yellow card. Um, and you look at that and you say, okay, you know, is, is Diego Polenta, that guy, is he the same sort of guy in, in that terms? And it's like, yeah, he probably is um, maybe not as good as Laurent Simon uh, for Toronto there, but, it, it, you know, everything is sort of going that way. Um, I, think, I think you have to give the Galaxy, you know, a passing grade, a BB+. B+. Maybe that's overly optimistic. Maybe it's the fact that I'm just seeing some of these new players for the first time. But you have to feel confident, I think, coming out of this game that the Galaxy knew what you're doing. So now what do you look for? Next, you have to look for the for the progression. So as they come up against, you know, the Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday and on February thirteenth, um, whenever the LA Galaxy will be playing a closed door scrimmage against Atlanta United at StubHub Center, um, you know you have to see these incremental little things that get better and get better. Um, at the game, let's see if I can name some of the people who are at this particular game because for a preseason game, it was kind of ridiculous of how many celebrities slash well known people slash soccer people who were in the stands. Uh, You had the entire Atlanta United coaching staff, technical staff, was all there, including their new coach, uh, Frank DeBoer. Um, I'm sure I said that wrong and somebody will correct me, but uh, Frank was there. You had Bob Bradley from LAFC and his technical staff were uh, sitting in the stands looking. You had, and I don't remember ever seeing this, you had Uncle Phil Anschutz there um, with Dan Beckerman, president of AEG. So owner Uncle Phil um, and Dan Beckerman, president of AEG, were seen walking to their suite um, early uh, before the game started. They walked up the field and, and came up. I don't remember the last time I've seen Phil Anschutz uh, at StubHub Center and it, it's been a while and so uh, I asked what he was doing there and, and somebody somebody's probably checking on his investment which is probably a correct answer um, but it was just interesting to see him uh, I know Alex Morgan was there uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic at one time was sitting in the stands or sitting on the field seats and I think got kicked out of his own seats that was a rumor I heard I have no confirmation I just think it's funny I don't think there's anything wrong with it um, you know you're Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you're like I'm sorry sir do you have a ticket uh, yeah you're gonna have to you can't sit there um, so Zlatan, uh, Zlatan sitting in the stands so anyway you, you go through all this this was an interesting first game that there were so many people there now you transition against Atlanta United that's gonna be closed doors how much of that we'll be able to see probably not that much um, with Atlanta United trading at Cal State Fullerton then coming down to uh, to Dignity Health Sports Park Complex there, that certainly seems like that's a doable thing, and, and that'll happen. We'll see some tweets from it, I'm sure. Might see some starting lineups, but again, to start to feel what the first team is um, as we head towards Saturday. And Saturday, you get the Vancouver Whitecaps at a great venue at the Orange County uh, Great Park or the, or the Orange County Pretty Good Park, as Kevin would say. Um, the Panda's still traveling, by the way. Uh, last I checked on him was in Spain, uh, eventually making his way towards France. Um, so all of those things, uh, whenever you come to the game against Vancouver, uh, you're going to see, you know, sort of the progression. You want to see the passing getting better. Hopefully you'll see Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Ola Kamara playing, um, you know, that way you can continue to sort of build that first team togetherness, what it looks like, what the connections are going to be. So that continues. And then eventually you get to, you know, the last preseason game as, as it sort of comes down. So, um. You know, all these games are important, and they're important until they're not important. But, you know, by Saturday, February 23rd, and 8 p.m. Pacific time kickoff um, versus the Colorado Rapids, all of these things are leading up to that, really, that final preseason game where you're like, okay, this is what we're seeing. And, and if you think about it this way, the official games that are going on, the LA Galaxy, only have two official preseason games left only two other times to sort of get everything together before they're going to have to make a roster deadline on March 1st. uh, And, you know, really before they go on March 2nd and have to play against uh, the Chicago fire. So all these things are quickly wrapping up. The roster is going to have to be finalized. All these things are coming up to sort of be the, the next step in these things. And, and that's what you want to see. So again, overall from the LA galaxy, you saw what you wanted to see. Um, Maybe I'm a little bit too rosy on some things. I can certainly understand that. But uh, for me, it was evident that Ola and Zlatan were missing. To me, I thought Oriol uh, Antuna and Diego Polenta for the new guys coming on and, and really seeing what they could do, did, did outstanding. And for me, Roman Alessandrini showed why he should probably be the captain of this team um, and why it's probably Zlatan Ibrahimovic, as Guillermo Berescolotto said, um, but that there will be a bunch of guys who really should feel like they're captains. So uh, having said all of that, that's really the the recap of the game. All right, now as we move forward and uh, check a little bit on the LA Galaxy news that we have for you today, um, not a ton of stuff, but want to quickly go over some of this. Uh, the, uh, the biggest news is surrounding Giovanni dos Santos and, and doing some digging and, and talking to some people who are closer with uh, Liga MX. Um, the, the rumor out there right now is that, uh, that Chivas Guadalajara, um, Chivas de la Guadalajara, is apparently saying. Um, that they want Giovanni Del Santos this summer um, and that they're going to pay him for $6 million. And the LA Galaxy would basically be on the hook for the $1.5 million that Gio would agree to go down to, um, although that doesn't even make sense because... Basically, they would only be on the hook for $750,000 of that because it's half of the 1.5 and somebody said, no, it has to be 1.5 and then that would be a $3 million contract and it wouldn't work and you can't do that. None of that stuff makes sense. Um, So already it it smells a little fishy. Uh, Digging into it even further, the uh, Chivas de Guadalajara's uh, technical director uh, came out and basically said and retweeted, uh, as I've been told, it said it was 100% a lie. Um, So... Listen, if you if you were all excited because Giovanni dos Santos was wanted by Chivas, it, it doesn't seem that that is the case, um, and it looks like the LA Galaxy are still in active talks of of trying to get Giovanni dos Santos and his contract down to one point five million dollars. I mean, Dennis Tacosa has come out and said really that, that Giovanni dos Santos is doing this because he he's made a commitment to the team uh, that he wants to prove that he deserves um, you know what he's making and, and all of that is you know a, a good PR spin. Uh, But it doesn't make any sense financially in terms of how how we would look at that. And Giovanni Dos Santos walking away for $4.5 million. Eric and I did a a bunch of coverage on that on Thursday to sort of talk why that might make sense. And the bottom line is it doesn't. It would have to sort of be a Giovanni Dos Santos coming in and saying, oh, yeah, fine, I'll I'll take a pay cut. I want to take a $4.5 million pay cut. Um, Nothing else really makes sense on that. It, It keeps everybody as designated players. And that seems like the way it's going to go right now. Um if people think it's crazy and it doesn't make sense, I'll tell you that having covered it and and looking at it, it is crazy and it doesn't make sense. And none of that, none of that really falls within the realm of, of understanding it, except if you think that Giovanni Dos Santos is so desperate to find a place that $6 million a complete buyout. um, Wouldn't put him in a better place with somebody like, Chivas. He could literally go to Chivas as soon as his contract is bought out. If they buy him out and then uh, agree to a mutual termination of the contract, he could go away with $6 million plus whatever Chivas would go. So, I mean, any of these things trying to make sense of them is a little bit hard because, at least to us, and and nobody uh, from you know the front office or, or anybody has really been able to explain it to me in a way that would make sense for Giovanni dos Santos and make sense for the club. It makes sense for the club because, okay, if you're the club, you're saving yourselves one point four point five million dollars this year. If you're Giovanni dos Santos, you're literally saying that you have nowhere else to play. There are zero places else to play in the entire world. Nobody would want you, not even for $250,000, because you'd have $6 million in your pocket, and you could sign a one-year contract for that, and then you could make it a, you know, a heavily incentivated option that you could go to the next one, and, and you could do that. That All of this rests on Giovanni dos Santos uh, resurrecting his career and, and rebuilding his career here in Los Angeles enough to the point where the LA Galaxy would want to keep him. Um I think we're approaching, you know, $17 million, uh closing in on $23 million that the LA Galaxy of Sunk in Giovanni Dos Santos. Uh, you know, if they can somehow save four point five million dollars, it makes sense from the galaxy side. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, you know, in terms of building the team. I've already said that. If you have one point five million dollars, you could do a lot with one point five million dollars, that's a full TAM player, or it's, you know, two TAM players, quite honestly, um, above the max salary of five hundred and ten. You could pay two guys, you know, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that. Those are good players, so you could reinforce the back line with whatever you wanted to reinforce for $750,000. I think you could find some, some real players, even if you don't have you know some great starters, maybe you have some, some really good backups for $750,000. I mean, that's a lot to pay a backup. You, you know where I'm getting at here, though. You could say pay somebody $1.3 million and somebody $200,000. There's so many combinations of that 1.5 that could be really useful that to say that Giovanni Dos Santos playing in a position that I still have yet to figure out, um, I don't know where gamma baruch thinks that he's going to fit in. It doesn't make sense to me. I try to figure it out in terms of, you know, tactically, where would Gio make the most sense? You play him underneath a, fo- a striker, so you put Zlatan up there and you'd sit Ola Kamara. That's not going to happen. The only place is out on the wing for me. And so he's going to take the place of Antuna? I mean, money-wise, you would say, yeah, you're going to put Giovanni Dos Santos out there in Antuna. But i I'd really like to see what Antuna can bring this year. Um, so I don't know the 1.5 million dollars and geo staying with the galaxy is either a rock in a hard place from geo is either a rock in the hard place from the LA galaxy, or it makes sense on a level that I don't understand. And I can usually figure out a way for contracts to make sense. Uh, really in order for it to make sense, it's that you'd have to go much longer term with Giovanni del Santos. You'd have to say, you know, Hey, we'll give you 1.5 million dollars for the next four years. But basically that's saying that he's going to play this year for you know, one point five, and and somehow he loses four point five million dollars and four point five million dollars, and however that goes on, throughout. So again, it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, I'll just keep sort of repeating what I'm hearing. But this particular rumor is one that doesn't seem to have very much to it. People who are closer to uh, to Liga MX have told me that Chivas says that it's a lie that there's no point to it, and so we'll see what ends up happening. Maybe maybe he does. Maybe he does end up going to Chivas. But right now, all the signs are pointing towards this being a bogus rumor. Um, And if it's a bogus rumor, that means the LA Galaxy really aren't involved in this. I mean, you know, they're really still trying to get Giovanni Dos Santos down into this uh, targeted allocation money player at $1.5 million. So we'll see if uh, that's exactly what happens. And the clock is ticking. Um, March 1st is your roster deadline. So LA Galaxy have to have an answer, have to have it into the league, has to be approved by the league by March 1st. Otherwise, the LA Galaxy will be roster non-compliant. Um, And who knows what the ramifications are for that and and what happens. Uh, Maybe it's a fine. Maybe it's a really big fine. Maybe it's a forfeiting of points. Maybe it's a forfeiting of uh, positions, of games. All these things could, could hit the LA Galaxy. All right. Moving on now uh, to the other sort of, I guess, big news and stuff that we had talked about on Thursday. Uh, Eric and I went into a whole bunch of things, but the LA Galaxy officially announced it today on Monday, um, on Monday the 11th. just want to make sure. I don't know if I said that yet. I don't know. I'm in a hotel room in Atlanta. I have no idea. On the 29th floor. So I, it's it's all rainy and windy out there. It's it's gross. Um, maybe room service will come and bring me my, my food because I'm still starving after all this. All right. Uh, Let's get to the LA Galaxy officially announcing the David Beckham statue. Uh, The statue will be unveiled to the general public on March 2nd in a public ceremony. Uh, The big news that sort of came out of this was not the fact that the Galaxy are putting up a a statue of David Beckham. It's that Beckham will also be added to the LA Galaxy Ring of Honor, Um, currently in that Ring of Honor is Kobe Jones, uh, Mauricio Cienfuegos, and Doug Hamilton. Those are the three people in the Ring of Honor. Uh, It's a plaque. There's a plaque system um, on a wall in the southwest part of the stadium. Um, You can see it there, and that is the Ring of Honor and where it'll go. So David David Beckham. I knew I was going to say David Beckham. David Beckham. Um, will be added to the Ring of Honor as well, which makes sense if you're also putting a statue of the man outside. Uh, the statue from the sneak peeks that we've been able to see via the video that the LA Galaxy released um, seems to be some sort of colorized, uh, you know, uh, brass or, or bronze statue. Um, so there seems to be some color on it, but it also looks like it's bronze and, and the picture they're showing is of a very typical David Beckham, um, sort of strike, uh, his bottle, his body at an angle. Um, I don't know if that's what the pose is actually going to be. They also, you know, took a long pause to show him hoisting a 2012, um, was it 2012? Yeah, I think it was a 2012 MLS cup. Um, you know, and then there's the discussion that we had on Thursday night is whether or not David Beckham deserves to be the first person to have a statue in front of, you know, Dignity Health Sports Park and in, in front of the stadium. And you're going to do a statue garden. There's going to be more statues and all that stuff. But does he really deserve to be first? I think the answer is probably no. Um, and if you're talking team wise, and the answer is probably yes. If you're talking league wise, but this is different. I think the people who are saying he's going to be the owner of another team are, are kind of off base. You, you got to separate what he did for as a player versus what he's going to do now as a quote unquote minority owner in a thing Um, that's not a reason for me to get upset if you really want to get upset it's that you know who he jumps in front of i'll say this that if you're saying that he doesn't deserve to be in front of uh landon donovan probably doesn't if you're saying he doesn't deserve to be in front of robbie Keane, i'll tell you both of those guys sort of left the la galaxy after him so in terms of the time if this was like a, a hall of fame thing where you needed x number of times retired afterwards and whether you would not get voted in technically Beckham is ahead of both Lana Donovan and, and Robbie Keane. That could possibly make some sense. But then you would also have to see him jumping over Kobe Jones and Mauricio Fuegos, Carlos Ruiz, Doug Hamilton, Siggy Schmidt. I mean, there's a lot of guys, and you can go on and on. It, the fact that I'm being told it is the first of many statues probably makes the uproar uh, die down. And as Eric, uh, the Portuguese Hammer, so elegantly said, if you're going to have a statue in front of, you know, of, of Dignity Health Sports Park, and it's going to be a tourist attraction, having David Beckham up there is probably better than having anybody else um, if that's what you want to do. I think that there'll be a lot of people who want to take pictures with the statue. I think that'll be cool. Um, and the fact is that whenever all the other statues get there, that it'll sort of be... The, the fact he's getting the first is, is certainly something I think you could sort of question the... Uh, you know, the thinking behind it, but I could also make arguments for it. I'm not trying to sit on the fence here. It's just something that doesn't necessarily upset me. Um, It's not something that I think people should get upset about. Um, It's just interesting that they decided to pick David Beckham. Um, I haven't been told whether or not he'll be at this particular ceremony. I think it would be great if he would. Um, He did release a statement with the press release. I'll read it to you now. He said, uh, the LA Galaxy are a very special club to me. So to receive this honor... And I'll pause there for a second. Honor is spelled with a U at the end, so you know it came from David Beckham, uh, the British way there. Uh, so to receive this honor is incredible and very humbling. Personally, I will always be eternally grateful for the amazing welcome the club, the fans in the city of Los Angeles gave me and my family from the minute we first arrived. My time playing and the friends we made during the period are so important to me and Los Angeles in so many ways will always feel like a home to us. The LA Galaxy is a club whose leaders and fans have done so much for soccer in the USA. So to be part of this club's history is a privilege and something that makes me and my family very proud. Chris Klein added, uh, he said, We greatly look forward to honoring one of the most influential players in LA Galaxy and Major League Soccer history. Uh, David helped transform this league and the sport in the United States. He has played an important role in making the LA Galaxy the league's most iconic brand and most successful club. This honor is well-deserved. David will forever be part of the fabric of Major League Soccer and the LA Galaxy. On the international stage, uh, this is the, that's the end of the quote. I'll, I'll continue here. On the international stage, there's no question that David Beckham made the LA Galaxy a quote-unquote household name across the world. Um If I tell people that uh, I cover the LA Galaxy and I do a podcast for the LA Galaxy, there's still people who ask me if David Beckham plays, um, which of course shows that they're out of touch with soccer. But bottom line is that you know if, if you're if you're looking at that in terms of world success, it's the fact that. Somebody knows that David Beckham played for the LA Galaxy, and that translates into, you know, a sort of world consciousness about the LA Galaxy and the LA Galaxy on the world stage because of it. Um, So, again, in that sort of shade, understanding what the scope of this particular statue is and, and how it goes and the fact that David will be added to the Ring of Honor, I think all of that sort of looks at it and says, yeah... It's probably deserved that he's in the Ring of Honor. I'm sure there's other guys who also deserve to be in the Ring of Honor and will be put in there Landon Donovan, Um, you know, Siggy Schmidt, we talked about. Robbie Keane will certainly be there as well. So all those things don't negate the fact, but the fact that it's the first statue, you know, what sort of precedent is it setting? And when do the other statues get here and, and all that other stuff? So it's interesting. We'll keep watching it and I'm sure we'll probably be there at that public ceremony corner. The Galaxy will be according ahead of that game in order to sort of uh, take a look at that, uh, the statue and the unveiling. They have a lot of work to do in the front of that stadium walking down with uh, Larry Morgan on Twitter after the game we sort of overlooked that area as we were coming out and it's all torn up it doesn't mean that it can't be placed a lot of that stuff is pavers um, and then they'll put back I think some of the concrete areas all that stuff is fairly easy to do and fairly quick but there is still a lot of work that has to be done before that statue will be unveiled um, for the LA Galaxy on March 2nd uh, ahead of the season opener against the Chicago Fire. Uh, The LA Galaxy's training schedule as we go, Monday, February 11th, which is over. They were training around 10. Uh, You're back to single day trainings now. So single trainings per day. Uh, One on Monday, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, which is the closed door scrimmage against Atlanta United at Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, That one is open to the media. We'll see if we can get anybody to go to uh, cover that. Um, Thursday, February 14th, another single media or single training session friday a single training session and then saturday february 16th like we said 5 p.m kickoff against uh the uh, against <laughs> on on the schedule it says toronto fc it's against the vancouver whitecaps uh at 5 p.m on saturday february 16th an interesting note off on sunday and off on monday for the la galaxy so some days off some rest after the game um if you saw and i know a bunch of you did if you saw after the game you saw Guillermo Barros you saw Javier Valdecantos putting a training session through the guys. It wasn't a punishment. It wasn't anything. This was for the guys who didn't get to play their 65, 70 minutes. So the guys who only played 30 minutes, um, they came out and then they had to train for another 30 minutes. We actually had to wait for a bunch of those guys. We had to wait for Guillermo Barros to come down um, and be done with that. So it was it was an interesting little thing. And it is, um, it is understood right now. And I'll tell you this, and, and I sort of wanted to cover it before, but... Um, looking at Guillermo barros and who's in charge in this preseason? I will tell you. There's one man who's in charge of this preseason, and that's Javier Valdecantos. He gets to decide how much people train. He gets to decide how much people play, um, because all this is about fitness. And, and Valdecantos is putting all these puzzle pieces together. Uh, I was talking again with John Rojas, and, and John has uh, spoken, you know, pretty uh, pretty good with with Javier Valdecantos on this subject. Um, and John was telling me, you know, it's up to Javier whenever Guillermo goes. Okay, we have, you know, two days off. You guys don't need to show up. We'll see everybody on Tuesday well that's Javier Valdecantos comes in and says hey Zlatan yeah you don't need to come in on Tuesday you know you're, you're still a little sore so, so don't come in on Tuesday we'll see you on Wednesday and Zlatan says okay and then he goes over to somebody like Ima Boateng he's like Ima listen you need to be here on Sunday we need to work on Sunday you have to spend an hour with me and then after Sunday on Monday you're going to work out too so you don't have two days off we'll see you on Sunday um, so he gets to decide who plays who doesn't play who's ready to go who's not ready to go and it's Javier Valdecantos the fitness which, as it should be, by the way, this is a revelation in terms of how much Guillermo Barros Coleto trusts, um, you know, Javier Valdecantos, and the rest of his coaching staff. But this is an understanding that the LA Galaxy right now are being dictated by a man, um, Javier Valdecantos, who has one goal in mind, is that, and that is getting the players mentally and physically prepared for the start of this season. Um the start of the thirty-four games that they're gonna play, plus whatever other uh, you know, tournaments they're in US Open Cup, all that stuff, that is that is his one and only goal is to do that. And so when you look at that and when you understand where, you know, Javier Valdecantos is coming from, he's in charge of this preseason. If guys miss training, it doesn't mean anything. Ultimately it comes down to whether Valdacantos thinks these guys are ready for training, whether or not he thinks they need more training, less training, whether they're sore or anything, it's Valdecantos who gets that call. Um you're seeing it in, in just the way that, you know, players aren't playing with, with no uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You're seeing it with, you know, how many minutes people had. And it was Guillermo Scalotto going to Javier Valdecantos and Valdecantos going over and telling one of the assistant coaches to go down and grab a player it was Valdecanto going to Guillermo Barros and saying, this guy is ready to come in now. Let's We can go ahead and give him the minutes. It's all based off of fitness. It's all based off of training. Talking to every single person, Chris Pontius, um, after the game said, yeah, I, I, I played 90 minutes. He goes, that wasn't really the plan with you know, Ola Kamara getting sick. I, I needed to play more time. And so it is what it is. He goes, but I was in shape to do it. He goes, I wouldn't say I was in midseason form, but I was in shape. I was ready to do it. And quite honestly, after playing 90 minutes, Chris Pontius looked like he was in pretty good shape still. It didn't look like he was dead. Um, I'm sure it was a tiring night for him. I'm sure it's not what he planned on, but he, he got his 90 minutes. He didn't have to stay after and train by the way. Um, so, uh, you, you look at that and you, you can understand to all the players, they may say they're exhausted they may say they're tired, but they all feel like they're in ridiculous shape that some of the training they did, um, was more training than they've ever done. But again, it all, it, it's all okay. It's, it, it's all for a purpose. It's all for getting them ready. So the LA galaxy, um, Seem to be peaking in the right place. I I know there's some knocks in there. Uh, You know, you got Felcher back. You would expect Sebastian Lejet to be getting ready to come back towards the end of this next week. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, totally unknown. Uh, Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimovic should be in training, and I'm sure we'll have a bunch of people at training uh, that will be able to relay some of that stuff to us and whether or not they're back and, and how they're doing. But having said all that, the LA Galaxy look like they are getting well and prepared for this season um, and it's because of Javier Valdecantos. If there's going to be a reason that the LA Galaxy look like they're in better shape than all the rest of these teams especially as we get down the stretch especially as we get into you know really that uh, September time frame that August September through the, through the tough summer um, you know August September October because um, really I think the playoffs are going to start in October um, this year so as you start moving all those towards it and the how close all these games are together the LA Galaxy maybe out in front of this of the fitness that needs to happen in major league soccer for the rest of this time. And it may be because of Javier Rivaldo Cantos and you can certainly point at Guillermo Barascolo to bring him in and, and doing this. This is a well-oiled machine. This is a machine that knows how to train and I don't know that the LA Galaxy have ever had a, a trainer in a, in a higher position of power to be able to affect what happens when it happens uh, for the LA Galaxy and, and for that preseason. So, it'll be interesting to see how that carries throughout the season as well, but for right now, the, you know, the main man in charge is Javier Valdecantos, the assassin, the butcher, the murderer, however you want to say it, however it's been translated into many different things. Uh, Javier Valdecanto seems like he's running the preseason. All right. I think that about does it for tonight. Uh, I'm expecting my room service to come any minute. I don't want to ruin that. Um, Don't want to have to have them like, you know, knock on the door and all of a sudden I have to stop in the middle of something. So, so far we're doing good. Uh, The weather continues to be uh, pretty poor here in Atlanta. I hope it's, uh, it's better. And I was talking to my wife. She said it was better. And, Southern California, so I hope you're enjoying that. We are still planning on having a live show on YouTube on Thursday night. I don't know if there's going to be a guest host on that or what, because I don't know what time I'm going to get back in order to do it. But right now we're planning on 7 p.m. So plan on that. Um, if for some reason everything goes haywire and my flights don't make it or I get canceled, I'll update you guys on Facebook and Twitter. Um, but right now we're still planning on that. I should get in uh, Thursday afternoon to be able to do that uh, live show on Thursday night, and then again we have our live show I don't need to say it too many other times this is probably your best chance to remember it right now Saturday at noon even if you don't have tickets to the game you need to be at Taps Brewery in Tustin Saturday at noon Uh, that's when doors open our live show will start around 1230 we might bump it a little bit if everybody's having a good time but I want you guys to be there Um, you know beer drinks drinks uh, food, All that stuff is there for you. We're partnering with Taps Brewery, who have been amazing. Uh, the Galaxy Star Squad will be there. We will be raffling off a jersey, a signed jersey. I have it in my possession. It's a blue-on-blue. Blue. It's last year, so there's some collector's items on there. There's Ashley Cole's signature on there. Um, so, you know, you're, you're going to want to grab it. This is going to be good. But it's a blue-on-blue, blue, and we do that one on the 16th. And then... That's at noon. We'll end that right around 2.33, so that way everybody can make it to the stadium, so that way we can then get ready to cover the game. Um, and then, uh, after that is all done, uh, we'll also uh, we'll also have on the 17th is the, is the kit release parties as well. So the Blue on Blue, I haven't seen any leaks yet. It's getting close, uh, but Blue on Blue at the Novo on uh february 17th so make sure that you uh, rsvp for that and check your emails and all that fun stuff i think it's a season ticket member event um but you're going to want to get that for that blue on blue jersey release i don't know if it's going to be any good i know a lot of jerseys this year and a lot of kits this year have, have sort of disappointed so far with what uh what has come out i, I don't know they haven't given me any hints i know there's going to be five stars on it i'm sure that will upset somebody from somewhere across the league because it always seems to um, but anyway, when you look at it it, it, it should be you know right there at the Novo, and you'll get to see your first look. So hopefully we'll see everybody there. I'm going to be there. Uh, I think Eric the Portuguese Hammer is going to be there as well, whether or not he'll be uh, covering it or just attending. As a fan, we'll let you know, but I'll, I'll be around there for sure. So please say hi to me. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you at the live show. You need to be there noon at Paps Brewery in Tustin. All right, I think that about does it. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Guessman J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and, of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. All of our articles, all of our podcasts, um, all of our videos, all that stuff is posted right there on cornerofthegalaxy.com. If you click on the Shop button, you can buy scarves. Uh, your shirts that you bought should be on their way uh, relatively shortly. Should be shipping here pretty soon. I should get an email, and you should get an email whenever those actually ship, so those should be headed out to you as well. So... All that being said, um, you know, go over to cornerofthegalaxy.com and, and check out all that stuff. And, and like I said, we'll be selling scarves at the live show, I should point out. Uh, scarves, I'll probably have some stickers for you as well. Um, and hopefully we'll have some of those special guests and, and all lined up. All right. Uh, that about does it. Uh, I'm Josh Gessman from Atlanta, Georgia this time. Uh, waiting for my room service to be delivered any second now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And we will catch you next time.